Welcome to Telling the Tale. It's the podcast in which we cover every single telltale, or as has been the case lately, telltale adjacent narrative adventure video game. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley Wolf, and I'm joined as always by Dustin Cornelius Jackson. Hey, Dustin. Mitchell, I had to get and use an item to be here today. And we're also joined, I'm, I'm passing over that, we're also joined by a good friend of mine from over a decade now, and a, a big fan of Homestar Runner uh, cartoons. I'm just excited to have him here. I've thought a lot about getting someone from uh, j- just the, the world I live in in real life on this podcast. Hasn't happened at up until today, so it's a big moment, I think. Uh, Eric Geels. Hey, Eric, how are you doing? Hey there, Mitchell. Yeah, it's, uh, it's I'm doing well. It's a pleasure to be uh, on your show, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about Homestar Runner. Been a, a fan of that for like a decade and a half at this point. I feel like so. A decade yeah. and a half. What what was the uh, Homestar Runner moment that put you into its fandom? Oh yeah, I think the very first Homestar Runner related thing I saw was the uh, Strong Red email where he gets a virus. So I think that was around <laughs> like oh I don't know 2003 or 2004, right? That's 20 years. Yeah, that you're right. I should count <laughs> That's better. That's crazy. Yeah, that is quite a long time ago. Uh, it, it's interesting to go back and watch all the different Strong Bad emails because the first ones seem so retro. They, they seem so 90s, so early internet. And the last mm-hmm. ones, or I mean, not like the very last ones because those have come out like at a, a pace of once every five years for the last 15 years. <laughs> right. But like toward the tail end, they look basically modern already. And the gap between them is maybe three years, and they're all around Y2K. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it does feel like there's a lot of growth in there, a lot of progression in the uh, storytelling and animation, art style yeah. and everything. It's interesting hearing uh, the characters' voices change, uh, seeing them do more with them. Like, Strong Bad is such a basic character at first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like the the whole joke of Strong Pat is rude. You know, he's just rude. He's just like a rude guy. He's kind of a mean guy. He's mean. Yeah, he's a he's a villain. And then later, the joke of Strong Bad is that he's. I I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even really know. It, it changed to be like he's maybe the only like sane or coherent character, and everyone else is just sort of nonsensical. Yeah, like he's, yeah. he's sort of the straight man in the universe. Yeah, he definitely thinks he's evil. And, and cool and villainous. He thinks but he's, he's a cool guy. He's kind of just he's kind of just the only guy. <laughs> uh, the game we're talking about today is something that I think was easy to overlook, especially in everything else that we've been covering on Telling the Tale. So, uh, Eric, I don't know how much you know about the exact format of this show, but we are going through every single episode of Telltale Games that came out throughout that company's entire existence uh going over things like the sam and max games uh every episode of the walking dead tales from the borderlands and uh importantly in this case strong bad's cool game for attractive people of which there were five episodes we did cover uh those five episodes in five episodes of this podcast i think like two years ago now um jesus yeah we've been doing this for a while that long wow yeah um and most of those older series are getting reasons for us to come back and talk about new things. Uh, not necessarily because they 
further our goal of going over every Telltale episode, but because they're somewhat part of that story. Uh, Gearbox has taken the Borderlands franchise, I mean, it hasn't taken the Borderlands franchise, it always had it, uh, but it's done new Tales from the Borderlands, and um, there is a new Sam and Max game, but it's a VR game, and there's going to be a sequel to The Wolf Among Us. And uh, we just played The Expanse, which is a new IP for Telltale, but it's made by uh, the, the, the new company, Telltale, the, the company that has absorbed that brand name and persists now. Uh, right. And also continues to uh, hire some older Telltale people. Although there was just a, a massive layoff at New Telltale. Um that, I did hear about that, yeah. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops is right, Dustin. Thank you. My <laughs> exact feelings. Uh yeah, that's a that's a real bummer. And uh mm-hmm. once we have I, I would like to talk about it more once we have more information about it. It seems a little early, but it does seem like a majority of employees at that company are not there anymore, which is uh pretty devastating for those hoping for a big return to the Telltale yeah. format with both The Expanse and uh, next year's Wolf Among Us 2, if that still comes out in the time frame it was supposed to. Yeah, uh, apparently, uh, was it Jeff Keeley who said he reached out and they said, yeah, it's it's still coming, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, Jeff Keeley, he's he can just get in there, I guess. He can just find out <laughs> things. Just... Yeah. Yeah, his, his, uh, his whole news publication is just his own twitter account i guess so that's just something well, he can do like like dangeresque teaches us anyone can be a detective is that the takeaway <laughs> is, is that the, <laughs> i think i yeah, think that's the moral that's the, lesson that's the moral here, yeah. <laughs> yeah well okay speaking of that let's go over what we're talking about today dangeresque the rumisode triungulate now if you search this in google google will ask you are you sure you don't mean triangulate um, <laughs> and I would tell Google in that instance, they're both not words. Why do you think <laughs> that's better? I don't know. Uh, but Dangerous the Rumisode Triungulate was a game released by Vital Electrics, which is the uh, game publishing side of the Brothers Chaps, which are the original creators of the Homestar Runner cartoon universe, everything, uh, released on August 11th, 2023. Uh, and also, I noticed in the credits for this game, um, it is mostly just by the Brothers Chaps, but they have a lot of other people here and there who have who probably helped out in, in specific ways that I, I, I don't think the credits were descriptive enough to know exactly what they did. But I noticed some Telltale names. Oh, oh really? No way, really? Yeah, I did. So uh, Jonathan Scrow was in there. Um, S... G-R-O, uh, which is a old-school Sam and Max name. Um, oh, awesome. That's one that I, I recognized. Uh, I'm There were a bunch more, and I'm sure there were some others that I didn't recognize, but it's really cool that uh, whatever relationship the Chapman brothers had with Telltale back... What is it? Was that 2008 or 2009? I want to say... I want to say 2000. Seven or eight? Was it before or after season two? Or it seven was after. Nine? So I was thinking two thousand nine. Okay. But it, yeah. It, it could be eight. Um, yeah. I mean, that's almost fifteen years ago. So 
some amount of that relationship persisting is really cool to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's the game. It is a... It is technically divided into episodes, just like Telltale Games, <laughs> which was another reason that we considered it important to cover. Um, because, hey, we love our episodes, but we're going to talk about the whole game in one episode today. Uh, just because these episodes are... It, it doesn't really feel right to call them episodes in the traditional sense. <laughs> they're, they're, they're levels. It's, uh, well, yeah, they're, that's why they're, they're little episodes. Yeah, yeah, they're just... They're, um, it almost feels like the mario party mini game approach to the telltale point and click format of episodes like these are really little guys um yeah that's a yeah. good comparison actually so cards on the table what do we think of dangerous the rumisode triangulate uh eric why don't you go first yeah man, i thought guest? it was um yeah, for what it was, I thought it was uh, excellent. Like I, I, the the Homestar Runner uh, franchise is just full of self-referential humor. So if, I think if you're invested into it already, um, new content is always going to be uh, fun to experience. And I, I hadn't actually played Strong Red's cool game for attractive people, so this is sort of a, a different way to experience it that I haven't uh, done before, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really liked it. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk more in detail. Yeah, uh, that was my. I, I agree. It, as a as a small sort of thing that just kind of came on the radar without knowing it was going to happen. Um, really, really cool little bite sized funny thing. Uh, apparently, and I didn't know about this. Um, a smaller version of this game, maybe just I, I think it might have just been the first episode existed somewhere on the website the homestar runner website like a really long time ago and in the process of moving it out of flash to make it future proof they just made the whole rest of the game that's awesome yeah yeah huh yeah i didn't know that uh dustin what do you think uh yeah i totally agree uh it, it's a it, it's a very small game but uh i appreciated that like, it, it's just something that's fun to jump in, just play for a little bit, get some good laughs, some funny ha-has. And, uh, yeah, it was just a good time. Not, not like, a huge commitment. Yeah. I think compared to what we've, pre like, immediately previously done on this podcast, uh, not counting The Legend of Monkey Island, but right before that, we took about two months <laughs> to cover a single series, um... <laughs> Because it was two series we were covering concurrently, and we were bouncing between them, and uh, to just finish a whole story in one night, even with it being kind of a silly little thing in comparison to the Expanse or the Walking Dead season three, uh, it was it was nice to have that um, immediate conclusory feel. Definitely, yeah. Conclusory. Conclusory. How do we feel about that? Is that a word? It's just as good as triangulate. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, did did you play the tutorial? I did yes. play the tutorial. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought this tutorial did not need to be there, but I I thought it was funny. Yeah, yeah. Because the yeah, especially because if if you're trying to teach someone how to uh, play a point and click adventure game, I feel like the point of a tutorial would be to tell them what to look out for in the environment 
and to like how you should to, to start thinking about how you should approach puzzles. So for the tutorial to be like, if you pick up this cheeseburger and then click the car, you can wipe the cheeseburger on the car. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> that's that's what job. that accomplishes. Uh, yeah, outside of that, I thought the pace of this was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I spent the most time by kind of a long time on the first roomisode behind the danger desk. Oh, interesting. Like, how come? Just be, it, it took you a while to just, like, get it all down or put the pieces together? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, it it might have been me, like, sort of sliding back into point-and-click puzzle solving. Because uh, we haven't done... It, it has been a while. Yeah, the, the traditional old-school telltale... Um, point and click puzzle solving although this uh we should say the tone of this is not really telltale at all in terms of gameplay it feels a lot more like um sam and max hit the road the old lucas art stuff yeah or maybe the uh yeah the stuff. I, I mean part of it's you know i i think part of it is also uh you're doing the old school method of uh holding your click down and choosing what you do with an item mm-hmm. uh it, it's it's been so long i don't think that's how you did it in those early telltale games wasn't it you just click on it and then you like yeah. grab it and say something it was always contextual yeah. in like sam and max yeah this yeah this one's more like uh you know monkey island or day of the tentacle where you have to decide what to do with an item um i it took me a long time to figure out the relationship between um strong sad in the window across the street you see him watching tv uh, he's really pressed against the window. It's kind of the perfect angle for it. Uh, it took me a long time to get the relationship between that and calling the cable people to change every single television on the street you're on <laughs> to only broadcast one channel. Uh, I I got that part down. Like I I felt I felt like that was pretty, like I got that pretty easily. But what I didn't get right away was uh the takeout to make it look like yeah his... yeah the takeout box took me a little bit yeah, yeah yeah um in this room episode we have the character of the chief uh <laughs> have we have we seen or heard the chief before no the chief is totally a new character in the, the Hunter runner universe i'm pretty sure um, yeah it's a good character it sounds yeah, like he stout, sounds like Crack Stuntman. From I, that's what I was going to say. He's, his voice is sort of like Crack Stuntman combined with maybe like Strong Sad or something. That was a crossover <laughs> between two voices. Yeah. the Matt Chapman. Is it Matt or Mike that does all the voices? I always forget which one does it. But it's just him yeah, doing know. everything. It's so impressive. Uh, and the, it, it, yeah. yeah. And the idea that 20 years later he can break out like, oh, I've got a couple more. <laughs> like a couple more still identifiable voices in the in the second room episode we get two new voices as well um arcade guy and nice car guy oh yeah nice car guy that's true yeah was were there any new voices in the uh the telltale one stronger that's cool game um, were there new voices there or was it just sort of i don't think we had any new characters in that did we i want to say there were some voices that might have been new 
I don't remember if they're from anything in in the uh, the final episode of that game. In the final episode of that game, uh, Strong Bad basically falls into his Atari and goes into the video game world. Uh, and some of those video games had characters that I remember thinking were That's new-ish. Um, although most of them were still like, here's a Stinko Man game, and here's a licensed Marshy the Marshmallow game. So it was like older <laughs> characters coming back. Yeah. I forgot about Marshy. How could you forget about Marshy? That's good. Well, I just always think of Jell Arshi. Jell Arshi. Yeah, Jell Arshi's the one in the in the game. He's a Jello uh. marshmallow guy. He sucks. He's <laughs> yeah, he he's says, really he's, horrifying. He says, "I'm coming to your house after school." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Marshy kind of sucks already. So. Marshy kind of yeah, sucks really already. Jell Arshi's horrifying. Really. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because there's, I think there's like vegetables in the Jello that you can see oh. inside of him jiggling around. Didn't like it. Did, did not that. like Don't that. Don't like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I love I love the little quips from the chief in this episode. Because the, uh, the premise here is that the chief is mad at Dangeresque. And by the way, I think this is the only Dangeresque thing they ever do. Where there's no dropping the metafiction of the fact that this is Strong Bad playing a character. Like the, throughout the entire story here, it's just it's just dangeresque. There's there's one small thing. Okay. And, and it's uh, so sometimes you can die in this game. And, yes, you know, and that's it's what like I was a, thinking too. Yeah. It's a, or did I? But there's there's one in episode two where uh, you can get hit by the car uh, when you cross the street, and then it just quickly uh, it switches to strong sad. Wearing the the strong bad mask as he gets hit by the car. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think yeah. I got that one. That's I I don't think I got that one. I did get the ones in uh, the third episode where yeah. uh, strong yeah. bad gets smashed by the satellite and gets replaced by strong sad <laughs> with a paper bag yeah. over his head. Yeah, that's good. That's one of my favorite bits in Dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that is good. Uh, it's okay. So episode one behind the danger desk. The chief is mad at Dangeresque because he I guess he's had a crime that he needs to solve for three months and has simply not tried. Um not even <laughs> attempted. And you need to somehow get a picture of what looks like the victim being attacked and collect evidence from the scene, which should have I don't think that should be the detective's job. To like gather <laughs> vomit, that doesn't seem like your right. thing. We played so many CSI games, Eric. We played so many CSI games where you know how this all works. Uh, Twenty episodes of them w- across four games. Oh wow, <laughs> were those like one per week? Also, no. We we normally took our CSI games and uh, condensed them to like one or two, maybe three at max. Uh, episodes yeah, there was, of the podcast. There's no way we could stretch that out. Yeah, they, it was uh, the CSI. I, I I think that there are darkest days. They those games are really <laughs> really rough. We can put them behind us. We can. Yeah, let's try not to talk about that anymore. Then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, in, in those games, you go around collecting semen, blood, earwax. Occasionally, you get to see a, a weird full motion video of a rat 
crawling inside a dead guy's mouth. It's great. Pretty good. It's stuff. pretty good. Nice. Um, and this uh, strong bad has the decency to hide the fact from the camera that he's vomiting into a paper bag. Uh, so, which is his solution to just collecting some evidence. <laughs> He just needs some vomit. I like the implication that, like, if they use this evidence, they'll find out, oh, it was it was dangerous. He did it because it's his vomit. But he doesn't. Yeah, he they're does not, not going to like test that. it. <laughs> they just need some. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's that's the idea. You just need the picture. Uh, you need the evidence from the scene, and you need to stamp the case file with the word solved which you can do by using an uh stamp that says unsolved but putting the un part over the side why why have a stamp that says unsolved yeah it was confusing to me what was also confusing is if you do accidentally stamp the, the whole unsolved on there dangerous just gets thrown in jail because of the, yeah like, immediately has to go to jail he just screwed up solving the case so now he's got to go into the slammer um okay yeah so i i did these things and then it said end of episode i got a 161 out of 170 it gives you points for it which is a really old school thing to do yeah i think that's what i got too or somewhere around there is 160 something i got 161 out of 170 for all three episodes wow yeah I, i didn't keep that good track of my score but it was in the 160s for sure yeah yeah most of this uh the points like the vast majority definitely over 100 of the points are just for progressing along the main path through the the story Um, right just the big stuff but occasionally like finding a little easter egg or doing a little thing over here or over there that'll give you just a small handful of extra points so i i'm I'm guessing I have one nine-point thing I didn't do in all three episodes, and that's that's it. Same. Yeah. I, I felt like I tried to do everything, but I guess not. Yeah. Um, what did you What did you guys think when Pom Pom came in through the window and kicked <laughs> the takeout box and turned it into a 3D object for a moment? <laughs> it was great. Love it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that bit. Why well, I noticed him coming and kicking the box, obviously, but it, it turned to a 3D model for a little bit. Really. Yeah, it might be a 3D model the whole time, but it's like only shot from the static perspective, so you can't tell. But when he kicks it and it just like spins through the air, you can definitely tell like, oh, that's that's 3D <laughs> for some reason, and everything else is very sprite based. Um, yeah, well, I, I mean, the the little animation that plays with Dangerous running across the rooftops, I think, was also. Mm-hmm. 3d yeah. so that's that sort of makes me think that the whole game it just kind of is that the whole time but it's just not easy to tell from the perspective you typically are viewing it from yeah i would not yeah, be they surprised. have a lot of 3d stuff in here they they do but like i i think that strong bad's character is definitely sprite based when you're uh just doing it through the regular gameplay like that is not a model that's that's a hand-drawn sprite uh there, there's probably just uh, it, it is two hobbyists you know the brothers chaps are i guess they've made a lot of video games but they're not video game makers um by trade right. um so whatever they got to do to make it work is it works out and it's a, it's a fun looking thing it does remind me a lot of those like very later 
um, LucasArts adventure games or, or later Humongous games, uh, because that was kind of the time period where we started to see that sort of stuff in those games as well. Like, occasionally there would just be one 3D animation in the middle of an otherwise 2D game, and that would be normal. Uh, very very yeah. 90s thing. Yeah, I, yeah I, fun. I liked this Rumisode. Is, um, is this anyone's favorite Rumisode? No. I don't think it's mine, but it is good. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I don't think it was my favorite. Yeah, I think I think all three of them are fine, at least. But yeah, it, this is not my favorite either. Um, Rumisode 2, the intersection of Doom and Boom. Uh, That's a good name. It is It is pretty good, right? It's... Uh, actually, these, these names keep getting better for each Rumisode. I won't spoil the third <laughs> one yet. Um, the intersection of Doom of Doom and Boom starts with the danger, danger car esque breaking down, which is uh, <laughs> danger esque's car, and uh, they pop the hood and they find a bomb in there, and then that is the impotence for the episode. They they gotta find out how to defuse the bomb. That's the whole thing. So. This one might be my favorite of them, just because Ronaldo's in it. <laughs> this is also my favorite one, yeah. You get a lot of good dialogue from uh, both of them. Uh, yeah, there's a couple different reasons. I think this one is superior to the other two. I, I think I agree. I, I think I like the focus of it the most. Uh, in in um, in both Rumisode one and three, there's like a, a a list of things you need to accomplish by the end of it. In this one, it it is just down to defusing the bomb, and yeah. Uh, for for this Rumisode format, I think I like that more. Uh, in a larger adventure game, it's usually great to have concurrent lines of puzzles you can work on at the same time. So if you get stumped with one, you can go somewhere else and maybe learn a little bit more while you're doing that other thing about the first thing. Um, right. But like these are so small that uh, you don't really need to do that. You can just go through. Focus on the one. Yeah. Um, I love <laughs> I love that they make. They make it into a puzzle the fact that Ronaldo, who is Coach Z, is just freaking out so much <laughs> that he can't do anything. So, like, the first <laughs> order of business is just to to soothe him. And then, and that's kind of the... Uh, if you can do that, then the whole rest of the episode unravels. Um, but that's, that's a hard puzzle, I think. Um, I don't know how well-known this trick is amongst younger people. Um, but you, So you have a cassette, and the magnetic tape for the cassette is all uh, sort of blown out. And the trick is there's a, a finger sign, and you have to sort of equiv- equivocate that to a regular finger and then remember the trick of sticking your finger in a cassette and uh, tightening the spool to, to bring the magnetic tape back in. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if yeah. that's common knowledge for maybe. It's, I I didn't know about it for sure. You did not. No. Oh, interesting. Um, and you're older than me, yeah. Eric. You're you're like a grandpa to me. Oh, haha, yeah, yeah. This uh, this is the cl- this is the closest I actually got to being stuck. If you can say it, that it was being stuck. I think it took me like five 
10 minutes maybe to figure out what to do with that cassette but i it, I, it seems that i was in, in pass for a little bit and even like mentioned uh if i had fingers i could wind this up and i was like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh d- just for the folks at home eric is um like the same grade in school as me he might be a few months older than me it's not he's not my grandpa to me that was a silly we wouldn't we we would never have a grandpa on the we show. would Don't never worry. have a grandpa on this show it goes against our <laughs> core beliefs wouldn't do it um <laughs> uh, yeah, and and like, there's a very famous uh, there's a very famous example of puzzles that are too abstracted in the point and click medium to make sense logically to the player, which is uh, the monkey wrench in Monkey Island Two, where mm-hmm. you have a monkey that just is in your inventory, and then later in the game you find. Um, it's like some plumbing that has a bolt on it that needs to be tightened or loosened. And you just need to use the monkey in your inventory on the bolt because the joke is that you're turning it into a monkey wrench. Very hard to uh. conceptualize that uh, as the player. Also does not translate very well for other regions. Yeah, because that's not the name of that tool in other uh, yeah, that's a good regions of the world. Yeah. Um, one yeah. one thing I will say about these rumisodes, um, I feel like them being so small and you having such a limited inventory, it really helps. Uh, it it really doesn't feel bad to just try out everything you have with everything yeah. on screen. So it, you you it it's kind of I don't want to say it's like fun just clicking on an item and using it on everything, but like. It's not like a waste of time or anything. You you can pretty easily stumble onto the situation eventually. Yeah, I feel yeah, kind of... Oh, sorry, Eric, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to do... Doing that, um, just kind of using items on stuff in the environment. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this um, episode had a couple like extra things that you could do that with. Like, I used the tire iron to destroy the cold one sign, and I don't think that did anything as far as advancing. Oh, I did oh, not do that. I didn't... I didn't do that. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> yeah, so you can do that. Um, you can destroy the streetlight too. I think. Yes. Oh wow. Well, that one I think you have to. Um, I I didn't destroy really. the streetlight. I think. Oh, okay. It was my understanding that the the building of the building on this intersection oh. has three units of electricity using things that need to be turned off or broken. Oh, so maybe you did have to do those things. Yeah, yeah, I, I forgot about that. Well, with the cold one sign, I just turned it off because you can just press Same. use on it and it turns it off. I didn't know you could destroy it, though. That's fine. Yeah, the street light, I, I couldn't find any other way other than throwing a rock at it and breaking it. I, I feel like that's the only one. And then, of course, the guy playing yeah. the arcade machine needs to be turned into the feds um, <laughs> by holding up and start on player two while on the select screen. That, uh, of course, as is often the case with some of these old arcade machines, uh, it, it summons the FBI into the room and uh, arrests the player. Yeah, that, that well-known exploit. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes. Uh, the yeah the finger sign thing it did stump me for a moment and then I realized what it was going for. Um, I guess the nice thing about it's exactly what you're saying, Dustin. Like it, there's just not that many com- uh, combinations of items and uh, environmental 
objects to combine with each other, and you can't combine inventory items with each other, which is... Yeah, he uh, yells at you if you try. Yeah, yeah, I really tried in every single act, I think, and he says something slightly different. <laughs> that's, that's fun. Uh, yeah. That's fun because that means that they did put effort into that mechanic and then just didn't have it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it just means there's very few things that you can do so you go through them and you'll eventually brute force every episode um i would say these games in in my opinion and this is it, i feel weird like giving an actual critique to a game like this because it's it's it's, it's, it's just, just like a, a little fun thing. silly thing yeah just yeah. Silly, silly uh but if i were to do it i would say the point system empath uh it emphasizes trying everything with everything but the fun in these point and click adventure games is being smart enough to solve the things that you don't have to do that uh so you i feel like there's a bit of a conflict between those two ideas um of like trying to get everything out of the episode and trying to solve the puzzle so you don't have to do everything in the episode right i get that uh, for something like this, though, I definitely don't want to just get it right off because I, I do want to hear all the dialogue, at least for like a strong bad game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think in Homestar World, the uh, the reason to hang out there is just to see what they're going to say and uh, see the writing and hear the voice acting, which is very exactly. good. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think that's what it all comes down to. Like, this isn't like the best, most exciting adventure game in the world, but it's just it's just an easy breezy little time with uh characters you like to hear so this episode actually has a third new character we didn't even mention which is the oh raccoonolith that's true i love this guy he, i love that just guy. a wide raccoon that's so good <laughs> yeah he was really quite substantial uh i hope, I, I hope apparently yeah, I wonder. I do wonder how sensitive these sorts of weights at stoplights are in real life versus like, because I don't think a person could activate it. So that has to be a pretty heavy raccoon. Although Strong Bad also can activate that little uh, weight thing, right? Yeah, Strong Bad can temporarily activate it by jumping on it, and I think it's the force of the jump, not like his standing weight, that does yeah. it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but the raccoon is substantial enough. <laughs> not only substantial Wait, enough to press it down but to stick it down permanently right yeah he br- <laughs> yeah it's a big boy yeah he's a chonker yeah and this needs to be done in order to change the stoplight so that a car that drives through this intersection at a million miles per hour every second i guess uh stops doing that and it turns out the reason he was doing that is because he had a pet in the car, which he does not specify the species of. He just has a pet in there that has made pet stuff <laughs> all over the car. And he's trying to go fast to get away from the smell. Uh, love that. That's great. <laughs> pet stuff. So, Dustin, you mentioned you can get hit by the car at one point. How, how, did, how did you do that? I don't know how I did it, because usually if you try to walk in the street, uh strong bad like the car will just zoom by and uh strong bad just won't cross but i I, there was a time where i clicked on the manhole cover and then he goes to go in the street and then it cuts to 
strong sad getting hit by the truck huh. or the car was that like a game over did it rewind yeah yeah it was a yeah it was one of those gotcha huh yeah it's it's weird that he only did it the one time though uh it, it is weird that he only did it the one time i it's weird it, it it's weird how like little logical flow you can put into some of these puzzles in order to still have them make sense if the writing makes sense uh like with the nice car guy if he if you stop him and you start talking to him he goes yeah this car smells pretty bad give me some good smells and you can have my busted antenna which is not something you even asked for Uh, (laughs) and uh that's just like the forward thrust of the episode at that point from then like okay I, i gotta give him some good smells i guess you just gotta get that antenna yeah, and you have a whole bottle of perfume, uh, and he's like, "Well, this is too much smell, <laughs> so you gotta gotta <laughs> dilute it by blowing it sort of a little bit onto an air freshener to refreshen the air freshener." Um, right. Yeah, classic nonsense, Lucas Arts bullshit. <laughs> Give me good smells, and you can have my busted antenna. Um. Yeah, uh, I here's one. There's one puzzle in this room episode that I thought was like kind of a lot for uh, what it's asking the player. In the sewer, you have the toolbox, and it's got right. a code on it, and it just had a like a three pointed star, a four pointed star, and a five pointed star as the combo options for opening this toolbox in in in, uh, in three slots. And it turned out that you needed to get away from the toolbox screen to look at the background behind the toolbox. And you can see that there's sections of the sewer wall that have five bricks, then three bricks, then four bricks. And you need to put it together that that's the code for the toolbox. That seems like that seems like a little much. Um, well, they give you a hint for it. Do they? Yeah, there's like some grime on the toolbox, and if you uh, clean it away, it says bricks. Oh, oh I never even cleaned that. I didn't do that, yeah. I, I try. How do you clean it away? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long. Uh, yeah, I, I think I just realized that the stars evoked numbers, and then I saw the bricks. And I realized yeah, I couldn't do I anything that else with the thing. bricks, so it, it kind of just clicked. Yeah, I, I I get what you're saying, but at least they do give you a hint for it. Yeah, I guess if all three of us just got it, then it it is fine. But it does seem it seems like it would be a lot. It's tricky, dicky. It's a little, well, let's not let's not get blue on this show, Dustin. <laughs> um. So you uh you do everything you need to do to defuse the bomb, but then you find out because you read an, <laughs> one more page of the bomb defusal guide. Uh, that if you do all of those things without first wiping the bomb down in fast food oil, it'll look like you solved it <laughs> and then later explode. So that happens. <laughs> yeah, you get a great explosion shot with the 3D models. Yeah. Uh, and it explodes you all the way into a diner, <laughs> I guess, uh, where you meet Perducci, who's played by King of oh, Town and is a uh, dangerous longtime bad guy. Yeah, and his mook uh killing you guy he's he's there too um 
and you see the uh, the name of Rumisode 3, Keep My Enemies Closer, but then the seeth falls out, so it's Keep My Enemies, Loser. Uh, <laughs> great name. Great name for an episode. You got him. Uh, turns out that uh, <laughs> Perducci did the evil deed of reminding the chief about the case um, and also <laughs> bombing the car just to get Dangeresque in there so he could hire him for the night to thwart four different assassination attempts on Perducci. Um, I did not understand the premise when it was being explained to me, and I had to see Perducci die once in order for me to understand how this was going to work. <laughs> you had to witness a death before it clicked. Yeah, and the death was like a lot. <laughs> the, uh, the, did you get the first marzipan death? Yeah, she just throws a knife yeah, at him. Yeah, she sticks him. Yeah, Humpstar has always had sort of a... It toes a very uh, thin line, I feel like, between uh, its its tone. Because like people dying is not something that's ever really shown in the show at all. I feel like this is like the first time that they've actually depicted a death yeah, anyway, right? Probably, I think. Um, well, you, you get Trogdor burninating all the peasants... Sure, that's like a cartoony kind of thing, like Bugs Bunny getting blown away by a shotgun or something. Yeah, it's not getting like... stabbed in the neck. <laughs> yeah, just having a knife be thrown at your neck and then immediately just conking out. That's it is it is a little more serious than I thought. And even Strong Bad comments on it. He's like, "Whoa, wow, oh my gosh, yeah, he just he's dead." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, speaking of Marzipan, I think in the the first Dangeresque tune, she's like a character that they have to rescue the. Oh, right, she, yeah, she's like Keesy Buttons. For. Yeah, Keesy Buttons. So she's been recasted, <laughs> I guess, as some sort of uh, assassin. I think this is. Uh, is this from Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People, Dustin? The uh, the the double crossing of Keesy Buttons into an assassin. I feel like we've um, seen this, especially like her black outfit. It's been so long. I would I would totally believe you if you said it was. I think it is. I think it, it's from the fourth episode of Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People is Dangeresque 3, the criminal projective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just to continue the, uh, the tradition of Dangeresque things having the wildest subtitles with fake words in them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Dangerousque 3, The Criminal Projective, I think has Marzipan playing either like an evil twin of Cutesy Buttons or Cutesy Buttons herself was evil the whole time or something. Uh, yeah, that would make sense. It's been a little and while. Now she's an assassin. Now she's an assassin. And we're just picking up on that thread here. <laughs> because if you use the door at any point uh, before you've like solved that assassination... Uh, you don't get to go through it. You never get to go through it. But Strong Bad just opens it a little bit, and then Marzipan comes out and just throws a knife through the opening of the door. Pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, so you're not allowed to do that. You have to remove a shield from one of the statues and put it on the king of town in order to uh, get the knife to bounce off it. You know what? The second episode is my favorite, but I feel like this one felt the most satisfying to go through. Yeah, I, like, I think like that the, like the puzzles just kind of hit a little harder for me. I think like going from one assassin to the next and 
just everything all coming together yeah just doing those things in order is, is pretty fun um taking them all out what's your favorite assassination of the four of them uh, i <laughs> I really like Bubs with just a gun. Yeah, Bubs just has a gun. <laughs> Bubs with a gun, yeah. I, I think I liked uh, Homestar blowing the poison dart uh, from the, was he inside a statue or something? Or no, yeah. he, it was from oh, a, he wine, was in, it was yeah, from a the, wine cask. Yeah. Wine barrel. Um, which is another weird thing. Like, Homestar is supposed to be dangerous-esque, too, in this uh, fictive universe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dangerous uh, however, 2 goes back and assassin. forth between being a, a rival and a villain and a helper and a Ronaldo. He's just kind of a wild card. He, yeah, he's a wild card. That's, <laughs> that's what he brings to the he's table. He's a loose cannon cop. Yeah, Dangerous is like a loose cannon, but Dangerous 2 is like a loose... He's like also a loose cannon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really like this one sound effect that Homestar used uh, uses a lot in the cartoons and it shows up here when you blow out the candle it makes a yeah it's a, it's a good sound effect uh yeah so marzipan tries to throw a knife at his head as cutesy buttons dangerous 2 tries to blow a poison dart through uh, a hole in the wine cask bubs who i think might not be playing a character uh just has a gun and tries to shoot him uh, so you need to order a turkey that like passes. Yeah, in a front tall of him. turkey. A tall turkey. Uh, it's tall turkey and short Getty. And then at one point the phone rings, and if you answer it, a satellite drops from outer space onto the phone. Triangulates on your position or something. It does triangulate Ooh. on your position. Thank you, thank you, Eric. That's really good stuff. Perfect. Um. And so I solved all of those. I thought I was done. Thought it was over. You know it's not over. You gotta make Perducci a cocktail now. The big final boss of the game. Yeah. Um, and you... <laughs> you do it They both by, have to uh, like the name, right? You put poison That's in it. Yeah, right. and then you have to name the cocktail. And if they don't like the name, they kill you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and you need to... You need to look at... Perducci's travel diary thing where he just keeps a bunch of postcards from where he's been uh, finds out the place he likes the most and then I guess just find out the word that killing you guy likes the most um, yeah which yeah, is just TV because, a dialogue right yeah yeah. You, you ask him how he's gonna kill you and like some of the methods he doesn't like and then uh he has uh, crunch his bones, and he says, crunch. Uh, a lot crunch. Yeah, he likes crunch. Uh, yeah. And Perducci likes the place uh, St. Pod Lake, so you need to do, you need to name the cocktail the St. Pod Crunch in order for them to both like it. Which, that's fun. It is, it is fun. I like the idea that them liking a name is really just liking the constituent parts of a name. <laughs> Yeah, they meet in the middle on it. They each get something they enjoy. Yeah, and you you can fill it up with like liquid cleaner and a metal ball that looks sort of like a cherry and uh, poison from the poison dart and you can kill Perducci this way, which I thought was weird because like the whole time the reason we don't want Perducci to die is because if Perducci dies, killing you guys going to kill us. Um, But then we can just kill Perducci in the end. 
and yeah, this, the get, threat of killing you guy is not removed. Well, I think he's just so distraught over uh, uh, Perducci being like he's like patting his back, trying to like save him, and that's when uh, you can like make your getaway. Guess so, and that that's the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then we got a little. Um, the credits play and the credits song is that that dangerous song that maybe I'll play at the end of this episode. I'll I'll have to find out how to get it. Uh, but it's it's that one classic dangerous song. You know the one. You know the one. Uh, looks like he's gonna have to jump. I think is the name of the song. I think. Uh, is that what is, the actual track is called? Or is it all right for tonight? It's all right for. Ooh, is it? Is it that song? I know that song. Uh, I, today is all right for tonight. Yeah. I don't know if that's in Danger Esque or if that's in a different. I think it's Danger Esque. He's driving in a Corvette and feeling all right. He oh, is yeah, in a Corvette. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same car Strong Bad has all the time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then you you get a little post credits uh, bonus where you get to be Danger Esque too, just walking around the office doing nothing, I guess. Um, I couldn't figure out if there was a way to progress anything here, so I just sort of looked around and... Yeah, I think I, I just I think had a couple just, of Easter eggs for you to, yeah. To, yeah. to listen to. It was fun. I think it's just for some fun little Homestar dialogue. Yeah, because you don't get to see Homestar almost at all in the rest of this. And uh, Yeah, if I had one complaint with this game, it might be that. Um, my, my wife watched me play through most of this, and uh, she particularly likes Homestar and was disappointed that he wasn't in it. Uh, quite as much yeah i really like that uh rachel hasn't like grown up on homestar runner like we have maybe uh but in her relatively brief time being exposed to it she has come to the absolutely correct opinion that homestar runner himself is the best character in homestar runner um i think that's true i think it's very true it it is true and it's (laughs) not the opinion i had when i was a kid like i thought strong bad's so funny he's so rude and wild but uh, i feel like i really flipped on that opinion yeah he's got that like 90s bart sort of appeal you don't mess with him you don't mess with strong bad he's he's a wrestle man and he's got boxing gloves for hands he's the email checkinist guy in the land uh yeah so that's the game that's the whole thing you can get through it in about i think it it took me somewhere around an hour and a half maybe a little Steve more says my playtime is yeah, 111 that... minutes yeah Ooh, that sounds I right i can just look on steam you're right i should do that um Ooh. yeah <laughs> technology um playtime 91 minutes so yeah pretty pretty short um easy breezy easy breezy seven bucks so not very much of a commitment financially or time based pretty good would recommend yeah you get some good laughs have a great time yeah wow i got Okay, maybe I, I could have spent more time on it because I only got 7 out of 32 achievements. There are a lot of achievements in this game, yeah. For... Wow. Yeah, so... Let's see, how many did I get? Three of the big achievements are, are full scores on each of the Rumisodes. Um, but then I have 22 hidden achievements remaining. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it looks like I got eight. Oh, I got one for smashing up the cold one sign, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did... Um, I got hit by the satellite... Um, I did that, yeah. I stood behind the traffic light to make it look like the traffic light was my head. <laughs> That's fun. I I did that in the first episode where uh, you stand under the light 
and he says he looks like one of the spy versus spy guys. Oh, I didn't do that. I should have done that. I bet that's the I bet that's the points I was missing. Yeah, just like little uh, fun little Easter eggs. Yeah. I... Yeah. Speaking of the satellite, I wanted to pause that bit because there's like a recurring gag in the series about the, the Italian space program. So I was expecting to find some sort of Italian text on it, but <laughs> uh, it. I think the the side of the satellite just says experimental, or or, or uh, experiment, something like that. And which didn't feel like enough of a joke to me. I thought that was, I thought there was something else to it. There, you're right. It might have been the Italian space program. If it's not, it should have been because that would have been <laughs> yeah, a pretty good placement. So that's the episode. That's the that's the whole game. Uh, we are now going to jump into our segments uh so i love these segments do you i love an i love them enough to stick with them yeah i mean we've done over a hundred episodes of this podcast so yeah it's too late to divorce now. i should hope so uh our first segment is the golden moment uh our favorite little scene or little uh just moment within the uh w- within the plot of the episode uh i'm gonna start with dustin uh, ju- Hello. just so our guest knows the uh, sort of how this goes. So, Dustin, what is your golden moment? So, th- this is going to be a little lame of an answer because I already brought it up earlier. I just like any time they cut to Strong Sad wearing the Strong Bad costume so he gets hurt. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I also like uh, I like Silhouette Guy being uh, taken away by the feds. But I'm I'm gonna stick with the stuntman stuff. That's good, uh, Eric. What is your golden moment? I think it had to be in the second episode. Um, we talked about the cassette, but the the song that it actually plays is um, Tenerence Love's "Sweaty Overweight Jam." Yeah, <laughs> uh, with without the vocals, which I thought was a really funny. <laughs> I, I just like that character a yeah. lot. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it was, I don't know if it was a, a remix of it or if it was really just the track without the vocals. Um, but yeah, I, I liked that part. I sometimes get a Tenerence Love song stuck in my head and I'm trying to figure out like, what is this song? What do I remember this from? Is this like an R&B thing I heard once? And like, oh no, it's Tenerence Love. It's the, the fake <laughs> yeah, internet I, cartoon I, thing. I think, of, yeah, I think about uh, his part in the uh, Fisheye Lens video. The money. Oh yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Remain to three. <laughs> my name is Tanemis Love. Uh, <laughs> I think my golden moment is uh, just we talked about it. It's the marzipan killing Perducci. Um, just the shock <laughs> of that knife <laughs> flying into Perducci. Uh, just him being straight up actually dead. Yeah, and, and Strong Bad's reaction of like, "Whoa, did we, we did we do that? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> awesome." <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah, so that's a that's a good one. Uh, and Weekly Guy, let's head into our final segment for today. We're just doing the two of them. We're just doing the two of them. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Um, weekly Guy. Uh, this is the our, our favorite character from the game. Normally, we would pick one per episode, but with this, we're just considering it the whole game. Uh, Eric, who's your Weekly Guy? I think it had to actually be strong sad in this one for me. He had a couple different roles <laughs> across the different episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting is in the dangerous, like in the first tune, they have to like strong arm strong sad in order I to like that. get into the 
the uh, the movie. I forget what they do. They like steal they steal his, his sandwich. <laughs> yeah, they, they take his sandwich. Um, so it's interesting to me that he's even in this because he obviously didn't want to do it in the the first movie. Um, yeah, yeah, I liked his appearances. I like the idea that maybe Strong Sad is becoming infatuated with the fame associated with being be in dangerous stuff. <laughs> yeah, now he just doesn't yeah. want to be left out. He loves it. I don't think he likes it, but he he has to. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, is is there a favorite uh, strong sad moment in particular that you you jived with? Oh yeah, the in the first episode um, where you have to make him look scared. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I think there's like a there's a couple different channels you can choose. One of them is like the horror channel and he's like totally nice scared he's clapping he's clapping and laughing yeah, he's, <laughs> he's laughing at that i forget what you had to actually choose it's the um, the medical procedural uh so you see oh, all the uh-huh. like surgery and stuff yeah that that is a good one uh mine is nice car guy i like being served a new <laughs> character uh and it's a new character with such distinct speaking patterns and Funny lines right off the bat. Uh, I'm into that. He'll give you good yeah, smells if good. you can, or no, if you give him good smells, he'll give you his busted antenna. Good yeah, stuff right off the bat. <laughs> uh, although I, I do think that the chief is similarly a uh, a very strong contender. Yeah, the chief's good. Uh, Dustin, who's your weekly guy? So. I, I don't want to just give it to Dangeresque since he has, like, in, in a small game like this, he just has, like, the vast majority of the dialogue, so he's an easy pick. I'm going to give it to Ronaldo. I just think he's yeah. so funny in episode two. And I just like uh, his back and forths with uh, Dangeresque. I like that Strong Bad, despite usually not liking any of his neighbors or friends in any kind of way, um, he's very happy to include his brothers, and Coach Z, who he's never shown respect for in these roles. Yeah, it it's, it's funny how, uh, like, there's the Dangerous things, and then uh, in the Fisheye Lens video, he makes it with Coach Z. It, it feels like he and Coach Z uh, get along every now and then. Yeah, they specifically more, more so like making music for some reason. Yeah, yeah they, the two of them are the ones in the group that are creatives and, and like creating things so they'll they'll collaborate even though they strong bad really does not like coach z at all uh he'll even give him the role of ronaldo who is with him in as the uh as the song goes all the time yeah he, he's his sidekick he's his number two yeah uh i feel like he could have given that to the cheat or Bubs, or I'm trying to think of, of just any it's other character. It's crazy he, he likes didn't more. give it to the cheat. Yeah, it is. Well, he can't talk. That's true. So that yeah, makes sense. Um, yeah. So your your weekly guy was Ronaldo. I think that's a good pick. Yeah, Thank you. Solid. Um, did either of you get full score on any Rumisode? Nope. Nope. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's fake. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't Maybe do it's it. Fake. I don't know. Uh, that's yeah. I don't know. I think 100%ing this game um, seems difficult to do without a guide, or you know, you just have to have a lot yeah. of trial and error. Yeah. I might need to. I might go through it all again just to 
get everything. It's not like it's a big time sink or anything. It's not... Yeah, I, I feel like if you just play it twice, you'll probably get pretty close. Yeah. Um, I won't do that, though. I, I'm fine with having the score. <laughs> yeah, I I'm satisfied with my experience. Yeah. Um, I'm going to spring one last thing on you. Yeah. I'm going to bring a segment back from the dead, <gasps> but only if either of you have something. Uh, I wrote down a whole laundry list of linguistic gymnastics. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, linguistic gymnastics is a uh, segment we used to do in some of our more writing-heavy uh, games that we covered, which I think this would fall into the category of. We, we just talk about our favorite lines from the episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I I know we didn't talk about doing them, but I, I just figured I'd write down a bunch I had. Sure, yeah, Dustin, hit us. Um... One of my favorites is when you uh, you can make uh, Dangeresque eat the takeout in the first episode. And he says, sorry, takeout. They said no loose ends. Good. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and one from the second episode. I guess I, I'll, I'll do one from each episode. The second one had, uh, it's when you find the tape in the trash. And he says, I found this tape of slow jams. Someone trashed it just because it's broken and doesn't work anymore. Uh, and <laughs> these are good. These are good. Yeah. And my in, in the third one, uh, it's when you talk to one of the statues uh, and Dangerous says, don't even think about coming to life and murdering Paducci. You got that? Um, I do have one from the first room episode. Oh. Um, Strong Bad's as Dangerous. He's just like talking to himself. I think he lost the plot a little bit at one point. <laughs> And he's mm-hmm. like, he's impersonating a girl and he goes, let's make out. And then the chief from outside the room goes, I'm not following for that. Gladys has been dead for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that one. Doesn't he make some sort of comment about his wife as well? Or am I making that up? Uh, the chief's the chief. wife? Yeah. Well, the, after he says Gladys has been dead for 20 years, Strong Bad goes, oh, oh my God, sorry. And then the chief goes, gotcha, no woman would come near me. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, pretty good one. Okay, I, I have one more. Um, it's in the uh, Dangerous 2 part at the end when uh, you can look at the stuff in his desk and you see uh, the Riff Simpkin uh, baseball card. And he says, that Riff Simpkin was a real home star runner for the Clarks. <laughs> the, the Clarks is a good team name. <laughs> um yeah yeah eric do you have any linguistic gymnastics i want to say something coach z said well you when you give him that tape um i just like the way coach z talks and incorporate that language into my own uh, i i love how the way he talks dialect. was uh in the in the text they made sure to spell it all out yeah yeah i said it was probably something in there but i don't remember anything specific yeah, there's there's a lot of good writing in here. It's a really fun, just brief little thing. I guess it is movie yeah. length. We shouldn't call things brief if they're movie length. Movies are long. If if you watch a long one, yeah. <laughs> Damn, dude, you got me. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Dustin, there was another Homestar Runner thing that was put on Steam recently, and we did not play yeah. it for this episode. But I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about it, because you did. 
Gladly. Uh, it's called Homestar Runner Halloween Hide and Seek. And, like, you think this game's simple? Homestar Runner Halloween Hide and Seek is, like, if you know what to do, you can beat it in, like, 10-15 minutes. Um, it's just, uh, it's Halloween night, and you're going around, uh, you just have to find everybody. Um, and, you know, some of them you ju- are just, you just have to find them in a spot. Like, Strong Sad is up in a tree, you just have to, you know, click on him and say, found you. Um, but, yeah, it's fun, it's just, like, a, a cute little thing you can play for a few minutes. Yeah, it is $2 um, on Steam, do you think it's worth $2? Oh, totally, I, I think it's worth $2, there's still some good fun dialogue in there. That's, that's a yeah endorsement if I've ever heard it. Yeah, yeah you the, just uh, have to... I was going to say, the graphical style for this sort of reminds me of, like, um, Pajama Sam or, uh, like, Peasant Quest on the Homestar re- website, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it is a little... It, it's even more in that style than the Dangerous game is. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I like about it, though, um, so every Halloween, all the characters are in costume... And uh, there's a theme to it this year. They're all characters from uh, adventure games. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at a, a community screenshot on Steam. And I'm seeing... Um, they're all they're all really weird things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the Poopsmith is a Cobb from Monkey Island. That's cool. Yeah. Cobb is one of my favorite Monkey yep. Island characters because he likes Loom. Yeah. Uh, Marzipan is uh, Trixie, the giraffe neck girl from Scranton, from Sam and Max, etc., etc. That's a really niche uh, pick. I mean, yeah, I guess these all I, are. It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense for her character design. Um, yeah. Who's Strong Mad? I'm looking at him. It, it looks like... Uh, Strong Mad is Glottis from Grim Fandango. Oh, cool. Uh yeah, it almost looked like uh, either Dribble or Spitz. I forget which one is the the big dog in WarioWare. Oh yeah, you you couldn't pay me to know which one was which. It's dribble or Spitz? Uh, yeah. Well, that's cool. Uh, do you have any yeah. lasting takeaways from that game? Um, not really. Beyond oh. It's it's just like a little 10-15 minute thing you can maybe like break out during the Halloween season. It's, it's like a little Halloween special. Cool. Just just a little thing to play, get some good laughs, some good yucks, and then you're done. Would you say that like Dangerous is definitively the Homestar Runner thing you should buy on Steam right now? Um, Like even over Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive oh, People? Oh, right. Yeah, that would probably be it. <laughs> that, would, that would be the one to do, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me look up... But Dangerous is good too. I think it's not. Oh there wait, anymore. no. Did they have yeah, to? They took down yeah, it. they had to delist it. Yeah. So I guess Dangerous would be the thing to get. Yeah. Man, that's a bummer. You just can't buy Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People anymore in any. Gotta yeah, buy the hard copy, I guess. Yeah, you gotta have a. Well, even the hard copies were. Uh... Like there was one for PC, but I don't know if consoles got a hard copy for Strong Bad. I don't think they did because I. I thought maybe there was I a w- Wii version, but. Yeah. Well, there was a Wii. It, Wii came out on WiiWare, so it was like oh, it was oh yeah, WiiWare. it was downloadable. Yeah, it was a specifically downloadable thing. Must be what I'm thinking of. And then I I want to say it came to PSN like later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I really hope that Skunk Ape, which is the uh, 
the company that absorbed the rights to uh, make remakes to and continue to sell the uh, the Sam and Max games made by Telltale. I hope that they get Strong Bad School Game for Attractive People. That would be a good fit. Oh, yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. Uh, they are currently still working on the remaster of uh, the final season of Sam and Max. Sam and Max, The Devil's Playhouse. Hope that comes out soon. It's supposed to. Yeah, I want to play it again. I love that game. Yeah, it's uh, we've talked about it before. I think it's the second best Telltale game. Wow. Well, I thought I, that before. I don't I, know if I, they still do. And I maybe I don't want to say. I don't know. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Spicy. Yeah. It's up there, though. It's in the top five. I'd put it as number three for me. I... I her, maybe two. Because number one's Tales of Monkey Island, and then it's either Walking Dead Season 1 or Sam and Max Season 3. Sam and Max Season 3... Walking Dead Season 1, Tales from the Borderlands really might be up there. Yeah, Tales from the Borderlands is number four for me. After that, I I have no idea. Yeah, Tales from the Borderlands was a a very pleasantly surprising game, Uh, especially because we don't like the Borderlands stuff that much, but that game in particular was great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Eric, for joining us on the show today. Yeah, Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Uh, Eric, would you like to either give uh, any information about where our listeners can get any more of your cool thoughts or just recommend anything else for them? Uh, anything else, huh? Well, I'm not really very active on social media. Um, so I guess if you want more of my cool thoughts, reach out to Mitchell and he can provide some. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I can just DM He'll relay you them to you. And just, uh, yeah. just ask you, hey, this guy wants to know your favorite burger <laughs> topping. I don't know. oh yeah totally uh yeah nothing really else to recommend cool sounds great well we are going to be the next episode of this podcast you'll hear is going to be our very long-awaited actually episode on law and order legacies the by far most difficult to obtain telltale game in the entire library we got it and before that episode comes out, we're going to be playing the game on Twitch. Dustin and I are, are going to play through the whole game, or as much of it in a single setting as we possibly can muster. Uh, and that'll be this coming Saturday, uh, if you listen to the show when it comes out. That'll be uh, Saturday the 21st of October. 21st of October. Wow. Yeah, it's coming up. Dustin, are you excited? A little. Yeah, me, me too, kind of. But it'll be a historic <laughs> telling the tale moment. We uh, haven't done anything live before, so I'm excited to see how that's going to go. Yeah, that that's the part I'm excited about. The re- the actual Law & Order part, not, not a whole time. I'm excited to have done it, and I hope that our listeners feel the same way. To have watched it. So, uh, yeah, please join us on Twitch. Uh, there, there will be a link in the show notes uh let me write that down so i actually do it i think i said that last time and didn't do it uh (laughs) there will be a link in the show notes to uh my twitch page which i think is where we're going to be streaming from so you can watch us meddle through law and order legacies uh i am despite what i just said actually kind of excited for that so please join us then and until next time have a great summer yeah it's right around the corner all right